Your host, Casey Hendrickson. Hope you had a great weekend. Do want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Well, (laughs) there's a lot to talk about, okay? Here's the thing. I've, I've talked a little bit about the Joe Rogan Spotify stuff. I have not talked a lot about it. I really want to go into it a lot more today. Uh, some very interesting things have happened with the Spotify situation. Rumble is now involved. Of course, you can watch the live stream on Rumble if you want. The best experience is directly on my website at theburningtruth.us. Just click on live stream. Uh, let's see. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, yeah, Rumble's involved with this. Sorry, I was reading. Uh, somebody was saying something was was happening with the stream, but I understand what it is. I'll fix it here in a second, folks. So, all right, let's 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 just go over this. All right, so Joe Rogan was being canceled because Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. They've been trying to cancel Joe Rogan for a long time, and because Joe Rogan was getting censored on YouTube, shocker, Josh, people get censored on YouTube. Because Joe Rogan was getting censored on YouTube, he signed the deal with Spotify. Now, this was an exclusive deal on Spotify. Okay. So the deal was he would take all of his live, well, not live, but his his new shows, he would take them all over to Spotify. You could watch them on Spotify instead of YouTube. And then there would be clips that he could still post to YouTube and everything else to promote the show. But his full shows were going to exist on Spotify. That's where it was going to be. He got paid a lot of money to do that exclusive deal. That's exactly what he has done. He did that because of censorship. Joe Rogan has a lot of normal people on. That talk about normal issues. He has entertainers on where they just talk about entertainment issues. Or he just has friends on where they just, they banter and it's humorous. There's a lot of comedians involved. It's, you know, funny stuff. But he also brings people on that talk about controversial issues, including people that he disagrees with. And he will have these conversations with them. One of the great things about Joe Rogan is that Joe Rogan will talk to anyone. And that is extremely rare. Very few people will talk to anyone. Most people only want to talk to people that agree with them. Joe Rogan happily talks with anybody. And he's civil about it for the most part. Okay, There's been times where obviously there's been arguments and stuff like that. Uh, There's been times where Joe Rogan has gotten heated at a guest and Joe Rogan was wrong. Clearly. He's a human being. But at the same time, he will sit down and he will have that conversation with people that he disagrees with. And that's always been the draw to Joe Rogan's show, is that you'll get a mix of stuff, right? Things that you would never normally pay attention to, and you start to listen to it, you have some experts in there, maybe you agree with the expert, maybe he agrees with the expert, maybe you don't, maybe he doesn't. That's the point, you're having a conversation, and it doesn't devolve into chaos like it does in cable news. That's the whole point of doing it. And he's really built a reputation over the past 12 or so years that he's done this. And that's why people like his show. The problem is, is that Joe Rogan won't conform to how the left wants him to conform. Now, he identifies as a liberal. I've told you before, I don't think that he is. I think he's libertarian. But he identifies as a liberal. But Joe Rogan moved out of California because California is an insane state. And he knows that. He went to Texas, where it's freer. He knows that. There are things that he knows. He's waking up to some things. And as a result of that, he's off the reservation, he's off the plantation, and he must be reined back in. The left doesn't like people who do not fall in line, period. You have to agree with the standard narrative 
or you're not a part of their side at all. You're the enemy. Conform or die. That's the left in America. For many people, that's the right too, but that's not an established permanent thing on the right, but it is on the left. There are people who are trying to make that happen on the right, but it's it's harder to do with people who are uh, on the political right. They're just, they tend to be more independent. So Joe Rogan, because he will not 100% cave on trans issues, they tried to cancel him. Because he will not 100% cave on COVID issues, they tried to cancel him. And now they're going out of their way, out of their way to lie about him with using the N-word. Now, I have played the N-word on this show. And I've done it specifically so the audience could hear what actually happened. And it's more impactful than just hearing a beep or a duck or a dolphin sound that we use to censor all of our language. Sometimes you just need to hear it in context so you understand what was being said and why that was wrong. And so there have been times on this show where I have played that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So then you get all of these people coming out of the woodwork, right? You got Neil Young out there. Neil Young threatened to pull his music off of Spotify. I know you all know this. He threatened to pull his music off of Spotify unless Joe Rogan's music, is, or not music, but podcast is taken down. Josh, did you know that Neil Young attacked the gay community for AIDS? Did you know that? Neil Young used the F word to refer to gay people many, many times. Neil Young talked about how he wouldn't go to a grocery store and let a gay person bag his potatoes which is a reference to male anatomy. Now, the left tells us that there is no time stamp, there's no expiration date on your bigotry. So if you've ever said anything in the past, you must be canceled for it. I'm sorry, Josh, has there been mass calls for uh, Neil Young to be banned from Spotify because, because of his homophobia? Oh, there hasn't been? Oh, isn't that weird? That is so strange. So now they've got a compilation of completely out-of-context interviews with Joe Rogan saying the N-word. Now, Joe Rogan is directly quoting other people. He's not using it himself. He's not using it to describe anybody he knows. And I'm sorry, only the most feeble-minded idiot thinks Joe Rogan is a racist. He would would be the, the racist with the most black friends of anybody I've ever seen before. But what they did is they went back through 12 years of shows and they found every time he had a discussion about race, which they tell us all the time, right, Josh? Everybody's afraid to have a discussion about race. Well, here's Joe Rogan for 12 years having a discussion about race. And in that context, he's used the word quoting other people. He's never called somebody that that we're aware of. And they splice it all together and they put out this little montage and make it seem like Joe Rogan has been, you know, flippantly calling people the N-word for his entire career. That's never happened. It's not true. Now, if you go to the Daily Show prep after the show today, I'm going to give you a warning. The first link that you're going to see in the Daily Show prep for today's show, Monday, February 7th, is going to be a montage of the N-word spoken by the Young Turks. You know who the Young Turks are? The Young Turks 
are this huge left-wing liberal show like Joe Rogan's. Why hasn't Neil Young threatened to pull his show off of Spotify for that? Where's this uh, Aria, what's her bucket, this singer now, who's now saying that she's going to leave Spotify because of Joe Rogan's use of the N-word? Why hasn't she protested the Young Turks? Or better yet, why did she have her music on a platform that has a lot of rappers and musicians who use the N-word themselves and she was never bothered by it? India Ari, I think is her name. Why is it that she's okay with that, but she's not okay with this? Why is that? Yeah, what, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, I think? They're they're threatening to pull their music off too? I don't want my music on Spotify. Okay. Hey, Joe Rogan's on Twitter also. You should probably delete your Twitter now too. Because you can't possibly... That's their argument. Remember, everything the left believes, Casey's rule number two. Rule number one is... Everything the left accuses somebody of doing, they themselves are doing. Rule number two, every position, every belief the left has is contradictory to another one of their beliefs. Every single one of them. So if you can't exist on Spotify because Spotify allows Joe Rogan to be on their platform, then you can't be on Twitter either, or Facebook, or any other social media platform where Joe Rogan has a presence because you can't be around Joe Rogan. So just do yourself a favor, do everybody else a favor, and delete yourself off of all of that. Now, some of you, maybe you've thought about this already. Maybe some of you have not thought about this yet. And you're going, hey, wait a minute. That makes sense. If they can't be on Spotify because Joe Rogan is there and they don't want to be a part of it. Well, Joe Rogan's on Twitter. They should probably get off of Twitter too. Now, let me ask you a question. Why do you think they're not doing that? Why do you think they're not leaving the other social media platforms where Joe Rogan has a presence, but they will threaten to leave Spotify? Why do you think that is? There's a reason. I'll give you, on the live stream, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It involves what I'm I'm gesturing with my hand right now. That's what it involves. For those of you not watching the live stream, you have to wait until after this break to find out exactly what's going on, because I'll tell you about it. Coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Everything the left accuses you of doing, they themselves have done. Joe Rogan is a racist to use the N-word when he was quoting other people. This is like the uh, Barack the Magic Negro thing that Rush Limbaugh did. There's still people out there who believe Rush Limbaugh was the one who said that. No, it was a black columnist for the Washington Post. That's who said it. Rush was making fun of that guy. So... The Young Turks. I've got a montage of them using the N-word 24 times in 45 seconds that I am putting in the Daily Show prep today. Left-wing darlings, the Young Turks. Has anybody canceled them for using the N-word? Is India RE going to attack 
the young Turks for using the N-word? Because her position is, it doesn't matter what the context was. You never say the word no matter what, and therefore I'm leaving Spotify and pulling my music off of Spotify. Why didn't she pull her music off of Spotify with all the rappers who use the word? Why does it all of a sudden bother her? Because she's not intellectually honest. She's lying to all of you. So now you've got a blue check mark here. Okay, another blue check mark. Charles Johnson. He goes by Green Footballs on Twitter. And he goes out there and he posts a video. Okay, he posts a video of a guest for the Joe Rogan experience saying black people have a gene in them, DNA, a gene that makes them, quote, predisposed to violence. Okay? So that's what he posted. Now, you know what he left out of that video? Josh, any idea what he left out? Uh, Joe Rogan's response to that guest saying that. You know what Joe Rogan's response was? To hit him back with several pieces of scientific information debunking it. But they left that part out, Josh. How convenient that they left that part out. They left the part out where Joe Rogan was calling this guy a quackadoodle. I'm I'm using that word. Joe Rogan didn't actually say quackadoodle, although that would be hysterical if he did. Isn't that interesting? We've got another individual. Who is this guy? Uh, I forget who it was. Another individual. Uh, yeah, this author, once again, attacking Joe Rogan for using the N-word, right? But this author, Josh, has written several books. And you know what word he seems to really like putting in his books? He really, pasty white guy, really likes putting the N-word in his books, Josh. Loves putting the N-word in his books. But he's telling Spotify to, to get rid of Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan has quoted other people using the actual word. But this guy can write fiction and make it up in his head. Joe Rogan is quoting somebody who actually said it. This guy is literally creating stories out of thin air. So you know it's rolling around in his head, right? Isn't that interesting? He's not getting canceled, Josh. I'm expecting his publisher to drop him any day now. The same publisher who published the N-word in all of this guy's books. Huh. Weird how that isn't happening, isn't it? Okay, so what is this all about? That is a great question. Most of the, um, not all of them, but most of the artists that have really been forward about wanting their music off of Spotify, if Joe Rogan isn't taken off of Spotify, work for Warner Music Group, or they're signed with Warner Music Group. Warner Music Group has a contract with Spotify where they develop podcasts together. You know who's not a part of that? Joe Rogan's not a part of that. Now, do you think a competitor to Joe Rogan might have an incentive to get Joe Rogan off of the platform that they are partnered to develop content with? Do you think that might possibly be a motivation? You know what else is involved with the Warner Music Group fiasco? You ever heard of this organization? We've talked about it before. I know many of you are still confused about BlackRock. You know, BlackRock is an investor in Warner Music Group and Spotify, and they are a huge left-wing advocacy group. And suddenly they don't want Joe Rogan around? Isn't it weird how this all seems to be tied back to competition and money? Isn't that strange? Suddenly these artists are really offended by the N-word being used by anybody on Spotify, yet they've said absolutely nothing about thousands of people and thousands of songs who have used that word before? Isn't that strange? You find that a little odd? 
this just in today. Rumble has offered Joe Rogan $100 million to leave Spotify and come onto their platform. Remember, Joe Rogan left YouTube because YouTube was censoring. And now he's on Spotify where they've deleted over 130 episodes. And they've now changed their their agreement and they're censoring him. Maybe making a move to Rumble is the right thing to do. Spotify breached contract here, not Joe Rogan. MNC News Time is 331. Valentine's Day is coming up. You want to save 20% off of amazing jewelry? Go to Impress Jewelry Creations or ImpressJewelers.com. They have a 20% off sale happening with Valentine's Day right now. Okay, it's not Tuesday. So Tinfoil Tuesday is a little bit different because it's Monday. Let me ask you a question, though. Desperately want to ask you a question. This American-born Asian figure skater, Zhu, I think is her last name. Now, this this became news a, a few months ago. She, she decided, she's born in California, she decided that she was going to renounce her U.S. citizenship, and she was going to join the Chinese Olympic team as a figure skater, represent China in the Olympics instead of the United States in the Olympics, okay? So she gave up her U.S. citizen citizenship. She became a Chinese citizen so she could compete for China, all right? Born in California. So not quite American, but close, right? I was born in California, too. I can make that joke. So anyway, she's 19 years old. She fell twice. She finished Dead last in her debut for Team China. Dead last. Before her run, China was in third place in the running for a medal. After her run, they dropped to seventh place out of medal contention. Now, a lot of people have hopped on this. Uh, Yi Zhu, I guess is her name. A lot of people have hopped on this to say that this was karma and that she deserved it. How dare she abandon her country and go to, you know, evil, horrible China and everything else? But I have to ask this question and just just bear with me while I, I think about it. I haven't seen anybody else post about this. I'm the only one that I know of that's even thought of this. And this is where my brain goes nowadays. What if, what if she is not working for the Chinese? What if she's actually one of ours, but she's undercover to sabotage Team China in the Olympics? What if, what if, Josh, what if Donald Trump approached her and said, I will give you McDonald's hamburgers for life. If you can go ahead and just sabotage Team China, pay them back for COVID. What if that happened? I don't <laughs> I've got no evidence. I'm just saying she abandons her birth country. She goes to China. She absolutely tanks it, takes the Chinese team out of metal contention. And I'm I'm just wondering if maybe that's a setup. You know, like she's our version of a, a super spy. I'm just wondering. By the way, the uh, opening ceremonies of the Olympics. How much Olympics have you watched, Josh? Just the hockey. That's it. What's a little bit of a uh, 
Isn't alpine skiing? Isn't the um, isn't the hockey game with the ladies tonight at eleven? Is that tonight? Versus Canada. So yeah, one of the days this week. I think it might be tonight. It's like eleven p.m. Eastern time. But I don't. I haven't watched any of them other than like the commercials. And everybody knows that I'm an Olympic dude. I love watching the Olympics. Love rooting on Team USA. It's just I haven't, um, and I haven't been really motivated to do it. So opening ceremony ratings were the worst they have ever been. I'm just going to say that one more time. The opening ceremony, this is the one thing that everybody watches, right? Everybody watches the opening ceremony, and then you watch your events. The opening ceremony was the lowest rated opening ceremony ever. <laughs> oh, my word. Did you see that China put a Uyghur? In the uh, the torch relay? Did you see that? Josh is shocked by this. Yeah, they did. Now tell me this isn't a propaganda operation. The Uyghurs, which are the group of people that they are oppressing over there. Ethnic Uyghurs. They are murdering them, and it's, it's, based, it, it's basically mass incarceration and genocide and forced labor. And they, they, they put a Uyghur in the, the, uh, the torch ceremony. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, the Olympics are off to a banging start, by the way. Just not, uh, not going so good for everybody. We did also find some, uh, some news about uh, U.S. women's soccer. I wanted to talk about this last week. I didn't get a chance to. Um, Megan Rapinoe, the left-wing activist who is has become the face for U.S. women's soccer over the past couple of years, which was always strange because she was never the face of U.S. women's soccer ever. And suddenly she, she was this very vocal, outspoken anti-Trump activist, and suddenly she became the face of U.S. women's soccer. She never was. But uh, she has been uh, basically cut from the team. She's no longer on Team USA. She's not in the starting squad. Several other players are no longer on the starting squad who played with her, including Alex Morgan, who's still one of the best players in the world. And so naturally people have some theories about that, but really it comes to the coach, according to the coach, basically this comes down to they didn't play very well in their last tournament and they're getting older and I need to make sure that the younger players that are behind them can develop. And coach has got a point you know it comes there comes a point in time where you get older uh, it doesn't matter how good you are you get older and all of a sudden you, you just you have to you have to bow out that's athletics i'm sorry it's just the way that things are you can call it ageist if you want of course it's never ageist when you get rid of a uh, an older football player right josh now now guys can get old they can get replaced boxers Football players, basketball players, they can get old, and there's no ageism ever, ever declared. But the moment it involves women's sports, suddenly it's ageist. So Megan Rapinoe, um, Alex Morgan, and several of the other players from the U.S. women's national team have now been demoted. The coach did say it is possible that they can make it back onto the rotation in the future. But right now, they are not on the starting lineup. They're not on the team. Uh, they are, well, they're, they're like alternates, if you will. And they could be rotated back on, but they're doing everything they can to develop these younger players. And that was the, uh, the coach's explanation. So a lot of people just licking the tears of liberals here, knowing that their, their icon has been removed from the team shortly after becoming a, 
uh, Megan Rapinoe became a a uh, like a spokesmodel for uh, Victoria's Secret. Uh, so, and yeah, so she became a model for Victoria's Secret, which is gross. Um, but at the same time, she's now officially off of the U.S. women's national team. I'm sure she'll find that there isn't a modeling career in her future shortly after that. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, let's go just over a couple little things. Last week, we told you about how the FDA pulled down the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine approval after everybody started to notice, hey, there's a lot of myocarditis on there. What, what, What's going on? And then the FDA pulled it down, and then the FDA finally restored it. It's a 30-page file. They pulled it off, but they, they finally restored it after it was exposed that they were pulling it down because people were pointing out the large number of heart issues that were reported with the Moderna trials, uh, which were also reported in the Pfizer trials that were all hidden from everybody. But I digress. Uh, CNN analyst Dr. Leanna Wen is now saying officially that we need to lift mask mandates. Like a month ago, she was telling you that you were crazy if you didn't wear a mask and that mask mandates uh, should should be left in place, but all of a sudden she's out there saying that they need to be lifted. And here's why. Let me let me just go over a couple of numbers for you for those of you out there who maybe haven't heard this. Okay, in the past month, COVID cases in the United States have declined over 66 percent. ICU admissions are down nearly 17 percent. Many of the remaining ICU patients are still left over from old Delta infections. They're not new. Hospitalizations, which of course mean nothing, are down 24% if you care about that number. Now for the Michiana audience, in Indiana, cases are down 88% since January 24th. So in the last two weeks, Indiana cases are down 88%. That's 8-8. In Michigan, cases are down nearly 73% since January 24th. Now, if you want, let's let's take a look at St. Joseph County specifically. So St. Joseph County, where is this number here? Hold on a second. I want to get the right number. St. Joseph County, on January 24th, there was 1,114 new cases. January 24th, okay, 1,114 new cases. And then we have on February 4th, there was 105 new cases. Went for over 1,100 to 105 cases. In two weeks. That's in St. Joseph County. Now, if we hop down to Elkhart County, I'll pull this up. I'm doing this in real time, so I apologize. Uh, Elkhart County, if you go back to the 24th, it was 1,019 new cases in Elkhart County. And if you go back to last week, there was 84 new cases on Friday. So dramatic differences, ladies and gentlemen. Dramatic difference, all positive. Uh, the entire country, with the exception of like one state is green, uh, one state is in orange. This, we've seen this before, just so you know. We, we've gotten down where it was pretty low like this before. Um, and then a new variant came out. But uh, we do know that the Omicron variant is flaming out pretty much how people expected. 
It lasted a couple more weeks than, than what people were expecting. Delta hung around in some regions a lot longer than they were thinking it would. Uh, but at the same time, it's pretty much on, on par. Now, the rest of the world is based, with the exception of a couple of places, basically said, pandemic's over, we're done with this. Uh, United States continues to maintain this. But you're going to see a really big push from liberals and Democrats in particular. They are going to push hard to get these COVID restrictions ended because they want to claim victory over COVID and they want to be able to walk into campaign season and actually campaign on beating COVID, even though they didn't have anything to do with it. But that's what they want. So you're going to see real quick how this is going to be shifted. More coming up. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Josh, pop that mic, dude, because you're my sports dude anyway. Yeah, yeah here we are. So they, they were talking about this last week. And... I'm kind of curious about this. Is this a permanent thing or is this just a, a during the lockout situation? How is this working? Because the uh, Major League Baseball just announced that they're going to stop testing players for steroids. Well, this is what they're saying. Major League Baseball, they're stopping the testing of players uh, for steroids. Uh, this is a 20-year expiration date uh, that they have faced here, meaning that 20 years ago they signed a contract that would expire uh, in 2022, on this date, okay. that they would have the tests. But because they're in a lockout, though, it does raise the question, is it strictly now because they cannot agree to these terms, because they can't negotiate it, because right. the CBA is run out? Well, and here's the thing. If you're the players right now, fight for steroids to be able to use them. Because I know that this is controversial, and I know that there's going to be some dads and some moms out there who have young athletes who are going to be concerned about what I'm saying. But... I want you to just hear me out first before I get into this. Okay. I don't know if Mark, I want to use Mark McGuire specifically because when the Mark McGuire thing was happening, I was jacked. I was lifting weights every single day and I was using the exact same supplements that he was on and anybody could walk into a supplement store and buy them. Okay. And those are the things that were his performance enhancing drugs, but they were available to anybody. And I've always had the position that if anybody can buy it, it should be allowed. Because everybody has free access to it. It's not my fault that somebody else chooses not to use those products. Just like it's not my fault that my workout regimen is better. It's not my fault that my diet would be better. You know, that sort of thing. Um, if you go back and you look at Hank Aaron, do you know why Hank Aaron was able to hit so many home runs? According to him. Why is that? He would sit there and do the, the, uh, the towel twist. <laughs> and his forearms got jacked because he did the towel twist. No kidding. And so Hank Aaron's, that's the only reason that he was able to hit the way that he hit. Wow. Was he did that one exercise that nobody else did. Did that give him an unfair advantage? Well, it was an advantage, but was it unfair? Anybody else could have done it. Right, right. Anybody who was watching Hank Aaron doing this thing could have said, maybe that's the thing. Anybody could have focused on their forms. Babe Ruth was notorious for the things that he ate. Massive quantities of meat and steak and everything else. What did Babe Ruth do? Smashed home runs. 
because he ate more protein than the average player did, right? You can assume that. None of this takes away from somebody's ability to actually make contact with the ball. That's right. that's important for everybody to understand that. Steroids can't do that. That's a natural ability that somebody either has or they don't. You can develop it a little bit, but you can't develop it a lot. You just can't. And we're at a we're at a point now where first of all, I think the steroids should be available for anybody if they have uh if they want to get them. You know, you can go, you can go to doctor and everything. I don't think you should be able to go to a store and get them. I think it should be something where the doctor supervises it because if they're used improperly, like most drugs, they can be very, very bad. But if they're used properly, the benefits far outweigh the negatives. The problem is people abuse them and they use massive quantities of them. And there's no way to overcome the hormone imbalances that are happening. And, you know, for when I take the injections that I take, I have to take another supplement that goes along with that to counterbalance some stuff that might happen in my body. But if I start saying, well, if this the doses that they gave me is great, I'm just going to up the dosage on my own, and I don't take the extra supplement that comes with my, my medicine, I throw all of my hormones out of balance, and it causes some serious issues. And they walk through those, those potential side effects with me in case I didn't do it. So if you're a baseball player... And you know that, according to Jose Canseco, like 85% of the league at the time was doing them. It's an unbelievable number, isn't it? Right. So why not? They're professional athletes. They get paid to do the inhumane, right? They do things that the average person can't do. It makes the game more exciting. Why not? Is the only argument that it sets a bad example? I think so. Is that the only argument? I, I really think so. I think it sets the precedent then now for the lower level leagues. You know, you get into talking about these kids, right? The college kids, high school kids. You know, is that what they're going to start doing to give themselves this a competitive is a real edge? Yeah. For real. And, and that's you played football. Right. I was in the locker room. Yeah. We saw it. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it's it's a real issue with, with young kids. And keep in mind, nobody who is underage should be doing this stuff because your body is still right. growing. And, and I want to make that crystal clear. Not because I don't want you to have a performance advantage. It's just that when you start doing it before you're finished developing, it yeah. messes up your natural development, and you actually hurt yourself in the long run anyway. Um, but I get it. There's that pressure. Scholarships and all of that stuff, that pressure is on there. So I am all, I'm all for when you're in those lower leagues and, and you're dealing with kids, test away. By all means, stay on top of them. For everything, I mean, all those substances, because it can all hurt you. Because I don't want kids to jack themselves up in the future. But if you're an adult, and you're out of college, and you want to be a pro, or you just want to, you know, be fit, or whatever you want to do, you want to look a certain way, why not? This is always controversial. (laughs) Hold on. Steroids are less dangerous than plastic surgery. By a lot. It's not even close. So why can I choose to go get plastic surgery, but I can't, under the supervision of a doctor, have certain steroids to help me achieve goals that I have? What sense does that make? I can go under the knife and risk dying, but I can't take an injection of something every couple of weeks or something like that? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. This is a problem for the, the Major League Baseball. It, it really is because you, you're really screwed if you do. You're screwed if you don't, right? I mean, if you don't do this, you're still going to have players that are in the back behind the scenes trying to get away with it or still trying to do it their way. Uh, but if There's you do be approve yeah. this, then it's going to trick the trickle-down effect. 
What is college baseball going to do? What is the high school levels do? And I think yeah. uh, I think that's the biggest issue. And I and I can understand where that is, but you've been around high school players. Do they look like college players? It depends on where you go. Very rarely, though, right? You right. have about one right. in a million, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you have your freshman college players. Do they look the same junior, junior and senior year? They don't look the same, do they, Josh? You got a valid point. Okay. And then when they get out of college and they go to the NFL, do they look the same? <laughs> no. They sure don't, don't no. do they? No. Okay. So things are happening, right? Some of those things are trainers, different regimens. Right. You're maturing as an adult. You're, you're reaching your physical peak in your early 20s as opposed to being a teenager. Various things happen, right? It's not say, just steroids or drugs or anything like that. There's a whole thing that happens. That's been a shift in the paradigm, though, in the the prep sports, right, is the taking to attention of strength and conditioning and actually bringing in coaches yeah. and programs now and just taking it more above than just weightlifting class. That's helping kind of produce some of these solid, well-built kids. Yeah, and a lot of these kids are getting into college, and they're freaks. Yeah. I mean, oh well, they're freaks compared to what we've seen right, in the past, right, but that's because right. they've had the real training from a younger age as opposed right. to getting it later in life. Absolutely. And, again, I completely understand, as a parent of an athlete, you being concerned about your kid yeah. pursuing this stuff, which is why I wholeheartedly support stringent monitoring testing of younger athletes through the collegiate level. All I'm arguing for here is at the pro level here, okay, at the pro level, why not let them do what they can do? At a bare minimum, at a bare minimum, if you don't want to say full-fledged steroids because steroids are illegal, okay, some of them are, some of them are not. You can get them legally through your doctor with a prescription. Some of them are flat-out banned, but you can get stuff, right? At a bare minimum, I would like to see the league say, if you can walk into any store and buy it, it's free game. It's a valid point to that, right? Doesn't that seem like that's because the position the I've always sells, had. Where the store is selling it then, right? If I can walk in and if I can go to Nutrition HQ and buy Andro, which you can, promo code KC20, then why can't a baseball player do it? And I would support that, by the way, for anybody over the age of 18. That's not, we're talking about steroids, steroids. I say adults, professional leagues only. But if anybody else, if you can walk into a store and buy it, why, why not let everybody just buy it and use it? If a player chooses not to do that, that's on them. Fine, by all means, please go ahead. You, you don't have to do it. Um, we were talking about Sammy Sosa earlier because Sammy Sosa is like the one player over the years that I was like, roided out. Because I watched Sammy Sosa play when he was a rookie. Because he came in, he, he was at the Chicago Cubs, and he was a skinny, lanky, uh, he was a base runner. He stole bases. That's He didn't power hit. He did nothing. And all of a sudden, Sammy Sosa shows up, and he's the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Mark McGuire was always big. Barry Bonds was always big. Yes, he got bigger, but he was always a big dude. Um, you know, so I, I get it. I, but it just, I don't know, it just seems to me, if I'm if I'm the players right now, you're in a position where you're going to say, all right, at a bare minimum, let's at least argue if it's legal, we can use it. And if it's illegal, we can't. Uh, and at some point in time, you have to just let adults be adults. This nonsense about, well, you know, what about the kids or whatever? That's the same crap they use to get rid of, like, cotton candy-flavored e-liquids. And you can't have strawberry-flavored alcohol because kids will like it and you're catering to... Ch- no, you're not. 
the catering to children. The average kid doesn't know how to get these things. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. There's probably some middle ground that's more reasonable than what I'm talking about right now. But it, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's way overdue. We all like watching baseball better when people are on steroids, do we not? I'm just saying the quiet part out loud. I'm sorry. You remember when they had that big crackdown after all of this? Baseball sucked, didn't it? Home runs dropped off. All of a sudden, people were, were not tuning into baseball anymore, and we talked about it on the show. I was like, gee, I wonder why nobody's watching, because nobody's hitting home runs anymore. People get excited about the home runs. Josh, were those three, four years there not the most exciting years for baseball ever? Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, you had these these home run shootouts and record. Was that people were tuning in to see people break records? Were they or were they not? It was the happy Gilmore effect, right? You 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 it brought in the uncasual fan to baseball, right? Or the casual fan to baseball to watch. The non the not the usual right. suspect. Right. Because baseball's an ungodly long season. Yes. Right. But it was exciting. It was exciting for regular fans. It was exciting for other people. It was exciting. Tell me that people aren't going to watch the Super Bowl because finally Matthew Stafford is in a Super Bowl and and you've got Burroughs on the other side with the Bengals. Tell oh. me people aren't going to watch just because of that. A lot of folks in Detroit are definitely going to have 100%, their eyes on 100%, right? Ball. Absolutely. And Georgia. Because people don't want to see the same teams. Right. They don't want to see the same teams. They want to see the same players over and over again. You know, that sort of thing outside of those markets, of course. I know. I, I know that this is controversial. There's always parents who get upset at me. I'm not telling your kids to do steroids. I don't want your kid to do steroids. But I believe that adults should be allowed to be adults. And, you know, adults shouldn't lose the ability to be adults because other people are worried that their kids might emulate them. And I wish, frankly, I wish that a lot of the parents who are upset at what I'm saying right now were a hell of a lot more upset about some of the music your kids are listening to and some of the television programs your kids are watching. Because that's going to have a much more dramatic impact on your child's life than this ever will. Just throwing that out there. Just saying. And Roid Rage is a myth. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm sure I have emails about this already. I'm sure I have emails about this. Uh, again, Major League Baseball is announcing that they are halting steroid testing during the lockout. Or um, we'll, we'll see if that, that resumes, you know, after this is all over with. But honestly, I think the players should at least at the bare minimum hold on to be able to buy legal over-the-counter supplements, uh, if not illegal steroids. Because illegal steroids are illegal. There are some that you can get. Uh, through your doctor, though, which has to be kind of fanned out. The problem is that I think the sports industry has conflated legal supplements with illegal steroids and tried to make them the same thing. They're, of course, not, uh, but they have. And along with that comes some confusion, if you will, about it. But nonetheless, some people certainly don't like what I have to say about this. They never do. Uh, Dawn, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. I can't hear him. I'm having issues with him. Hold on, hold on a second, Don. If you can hear me, I can't hear you. There we go. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Perfect. All right, we got we got you on. You wanted to disagree, right? Yeah, I do because 
Um, steroids to me, okay, steroids involve science, chemistry. They're not natural, okay? So let's say that you and I had equal talents naturally mm-hmm. to perform whatever sport. You take steroids. You're going to – I'm not going to be able to compete with you unless I take steroids. And I really don't think that we have enough information yet as to just how safe steroids are or are not. And then if you start involving, like you had said, the medical community, mm-hmm. well, we all know there's going to be corruption there because, you know, Dr. Ray is going to say, oh, sure. you're perfectly yeah. fine, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I worry about this one. I really do. Okay. Now, because, I, would, I would challenge you on the first. It seems reasonable what you're saying. I would challenge you on the first part. Okay. Two people generally don't have an equal ability to compete, though, right? One always has an advantage naturally over the other, right? Well, I didn't – now, not exact, but, I mean, we're, we're talking about competitively – You're just the chemically altered of aspect of it. Okay, I got you. Well, what about – okay, what about if we compromise then and we say if it's legal for anybody to buy, then at least everybody has free access to it and anybody should be able to use it? Yeah, but, but if you put the, the scenario that I, that I introduced, mm-hmm. that means that you're going to be compelled to take them to compete. So how about this is a compromise? You have a league that is that allows steroids and a league that doesn't. How many years do you think before the league that doesn't goes out of business? Well, you know what? Here's another thing, too. Listen, baseball, you and I are going to disagree on this one, I think, too. But okay. um, baseball, is not, baseball is not the exciting sport that, that other sports like football maybe are. You know, traditionally... There was way more strategy in, in baseball games. I mean, you guys. I agree. No, I, you and I are totally in agreement on that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So and and we lost and, and and that's changed. I mean, it changed with Babe Ruth. Changed a long time ago. Mm. You know, the world is what it is, and 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 sensationalism sells much better than, um, you know, strategy. That's why watching sports, you know, like like football, is is way more popular than watching chess. Yeah. Because you know, chess is kind of a yawner to watch. You know. Well, and Americans don't understand soccer. I always say this too. Americans don't understand soccer, and like soccer is boring. I'm like, it's because you don't understand the strategy of it. <laughs> right, right. right. And I played soccer, and I lived in Europe for almost. So you know years. what I'm talking about, but I, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but you know, it, it just—I don't know, man. The, the steroid thing just scares me, just because it's—it's it's science, and I think, and I thought this for a very long time. Humans tend to um, uh, their innovations tend to come around quicker than their ethics and their morals. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're into trouble there. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, right. if nothing else, I would at least like, just for my own, because, you know, you've got some you got some points, and I understand the arguments against, like, illegal steroids. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if anybody can walk into a supplement shop and buy it, you know, why would a league restrict that i think that you know if it's free freely available to everybody just let the, the athletes choose whether or not they want to use that and if they don't that's fine if they do great um, you know but, and, and and i see your point on that one too i really do if it's legal it's legal there you go I don't all right get it, you know. well don um, i appreciate it man good talking to you yeah all right bud have a great day. you take care josh it's possible to disagree and still get along what mnc news time is 4 32 Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Impress this Valentine's Day with Impress Jewelry Creations at ImpressJewelers.com. 20% off store-wide with some limitations. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Day's going quick. It's going fast. 
Didn't plan on talking for half an hour about baseball and steroids. Didn't plan on doing that, but, oh, man, I used to get in fights about that. Back when I was younger and more impassioned about it, now I'm more apathetic to it. <laughs> As I guess somebody who technically takes them now, um, it would it would technically, Josh, I could be banned from playing in the Major League Baseball, technically. I'm just saying I could, I, you know, with the with the stuff that I that I take for my uh, my meds. Anyway, want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. So let's talk about GoFundMe, shall we? Uh, first of all, I don't know why this is difficult. Um, GoFundMe is a trash website. Why do people continue to try to raise money on it? How many times do we have to do these stories, Josh, about GoFundMe taking taking down fundraising campaigns, about GoFundMe taking money and redistributing the money however they see fit? You see, GoFundMe's default is if they take down a fundraiser, they don't just give you your money back if you donate it. No, what they do is they keep the money and they route the money to a charity that they that they decide unless you specifically ask them for your money back, which is, oh, how we say, uh, a very, very fraudy thing to do. If you donate, they did this with the, uh, the border wall thing that was privately funded by Colfidge and others. If you donate to a specific cause, GoFundMe decides that that cause isn't worthy, as if GoFundMe has any right to decide if that cause is worthy. They then keep the money. And will dole it out however they see fit. They'll give it to their own charities that that they, you know, partner with or whatever. Unless you write to them and specifically request that the money that you donated to a cause that they will not forward to that cause be returned to you. Which is the exact opposite of what should happen. Automatically, it should go back to you. Automatically. So GoFundMe has a horrible track record of anything Second Amendment related they oppose uh, anything conservative, they oppose, you know, that sort of stuff. So it it shouldn't be a surprise that GoFundMe treated these truckers in Canada the way that they did. So GoFundMe uh, basically took down the fundraising effort. It was the day after you, we found out that the truckers had outraised the two major political parties in Canada. So GoFundMe then stopped it, kept the money. And basically said, we were going to give the money to whatever charity that we see fit unless you send us a note or fill out the form that they have on their website specifically requesting for a refund, and then we'll give you your money back. But you had to process that. It wasn't automatic. So if you forgot about it, they just kept your money. So naturally, a bunch of people pointed out that this could be considered fraud in a whole host of places. And so GoFundMe has backtracked on that. The crowdforming platform says that it will automatically refund $10 million in donations. Facing a potential fraud investigation by the state of Florida, GoFundMe reversed a decision to, to redistribute money given by thousands of donors to the Canadian Freedom Convoy protesting COVID regulations. On Friday, the crowdfunding platform GoFundMe froze the convoy's official campaign, claiming law enforcement convinced the company that the convoy had become violent and unlawful. Now, of course, that is all untrue. That convoy hasn't committed any violence. 
Uh, there was somebody who was opposed to the convoy, who is pro-COVID. They actually ran several people over. They hurt, I think, four or five people. That person has been arrested and identified, by the way. Uh, but they they rammed people who are a part of this convoy who are protesting. And I watched the video of it. They weren't being assaulted. Their vehicle wasn't being attacked like we routinely see. What is happening is the the truckers in the convoy did get together and feed the homeless, though. So, you know, pretty violent there, Josh, feeding the homeless of Ottawa. You know, those darn, darn truckers feeding homeless people. And if, you know, law enforcement is basically, any of the law enforcement there in Ottawa or around it that's telling you the trucker convoy is becoming violent is lying to you. Um, so GoFundMe was using this as an excuse. Law enforcement convinced us that they were becoming violent. Of course, they didn't have any actual evidence of that. GoFundMe just wanted to believe that. So GoFundMe went ahead and pulled the uh, the thing down and said, we're going to give the money to other charities. Charities that we deem necessary. Uh, but now, multiple states were threatening a lawsuit. Florida uh, leading the way on that. And they decided to reverse their previous decision on Friday to keep the money and distribute it to charities that they saw as appropriate. Then they decided they're going to just finally just do an automatic uh, refund. The truckers have now found an alternative platform to crowdfund on. You know, here's the thing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you can get these crowdfunding plugins for free, and you can do it on your own. If, if you've got a WordPress-powered website, there's other websites that, that have this ability too, and you can use certain services or you can just link it directly to your bank account. There are ways for you to do this where you do not have to rely on somebody else like GoFundMe because then you run into these issues where, you know, $10 million kind of goes away. So never start a, a fundraiser on, on GoFundMe ever. Just, just don't. If it's for, I should say this, if it's for a political cause or something, don't do that. If you're, you know, seeking help for somebody who's injured or something of that nature, GoFundMe can still be a good platform to do that because the visibility of the case will be higher than if you were to do it on your own, okay? So there is an element of that. More people will see your fundraiser in that case, and at that point, I don't care what their politics are. If you're trying to save a child who's dying, then by all means, use GoFundMe. Um, but they're going to go ahead and, and they're going to actually do this. Now, of course, part of the problem with GoFundMe is that GoFundMe allows violent extremists to fundraise on GoFundMe, and they don't care. Uh, about the violent extremists. They only care about conservatives that they don't like. Then they take money away from them. They let Antifa fundraise. Uh, they allowed Chaz and Chop to fundraise on GoFundMe while they were taking over city blocks in Seattle, Washington. Uh, there was rapes and murders and all sorts of beatings and things like that that happened with that, and they still allowed them to be fundraised off of. Uh, the attacker, one of the attackers, of Andy No, the journalist who's been covering Antifa for years, one of his attackers fundraised for legal fees on GoFundMe, and GoFundMe refused to take it down even though they were contacted about this person being a suspect in, in an assault case. So there's a lot of this stuff that happens on GoFundMe they just don't really care about. So then you had Florida leading the way, but there was four uh, Republican attorneys generals who, who came out and said, we're going to investigate GoFundMe over this because they're taking people's money and they're going to distribute the money the way that they see fit, which, of course, was not the intention of the person who donated. And there's going to be a fraud investigation. And there probably still will be. But Florida led the way. Uh, Louisiana, Texas, and West Virginia were all a part of that as well. So 
they backed off and they said, all right, we'll do an automatic refund, which should have been the default anyway. If you want to take something down because you don't want to be a part of it or, you know, you, you don't understand if it's peaceful or not peaceful, if it's law abiding or not law abiding, and you just want to separate yourselves from it as an organization, you have a right to do that. But you got to give people their money back. And that's what GoFundMe was trying incessantly to not do. And they've been doing this for years and nobody's called them out on it beyond media. So I'm glad that they're finally getting threatened as they should be threatened. But this is one of those reasons why you need an alternative platform that does this sort of stuff. You can do it on your own. But like I said, the visibility becomes an issue at that point. You have to market it uh, on your own as opposed to just relying on organic visitors to a website. But that can also be more beneficial if you know how you're, how you're doing it and, and how things are, 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 you know, how things should be done. That could be a benefit. But if you don't, you probably need a platform to help you with that. So you need this parallel economy for this type of stuff to run so you can be able to get these things funded. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, this was the news over the weekend, in case you didn't hear it. Russia invades Ukraine. Did you hear about that? You heard the Russians invaded Ukraine over the weekend? Oh, that's because Bloomberg published a false headline and it didn't actually happen. I Is that where Brian Williams went to? <laughs> Tip of the spear, man. Brian Williams is there. Uh, that was the other Brian that we were just talking about there for a second. He's kind of confused me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bloomberg published an erroneous headline says Russia invades Ukraine. So naturally, a bunch of the world who reads Bloomberg News, Josh, kind of freaked out. It didn't happen. Thank God. So they apologized. And said, we prepare headlines for many scenarios. And the headline, Russia invades Ukraine, was inadvertently published around 4 p.m. Eastern time on February 4th. Yeah. Sometimes news places do do that. Um, But they don't usually put it in the system that would publish it like this, though, Josh. Sometimes it happens on election night because you have graphics made. And sometimes you have the wrong graphic in the wrong spot. But when you're publishing an article, usually the headlines that potentially could be used are not set to rotate in your active system. Usually they're in an offline system that doesn't actually publish to your website, and then you usually don't have to worry about it. But, hey, Bloomberg News, what do they know? This is one of the biggest news outfits in the world. It's not like they would have a system in place to prevent that sort of thing from happening. What do I... Oh, that's a good question, Josh. What do I think actually happened? I think Bloomberg was trying to cause World War III. That's what I think was happening. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong that that wasn't intentional. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right. I'm going to take you down memory lane. 
Many of you have forgotten this because it was one of the things that got pointed out um, by very few people when it actually happened. I was one of them. Not a lot of people understand the jobs numbers very well. And as a result of that, it doesn't get reported very accurately. So back in time, we're leading into the Obama-Romney election, okay, 2012. Obama was a net job loser, which means throughout his presidency in his first term, he lost jobs. He did not gain any jobs. And then something magical happened as everybody was hitting his economy. Obama's economy was trash his first term. It was absolute hot garbage. Okay. Everybody knew it. Obama knew it. The Democrats knew it. The Republicans knew it. Every pack out there running political ads knew it. And the ads started coming. The ads came that Obama was a net job loser. He wasn't creating any jobs. He was actually losing jobs. And it didn't matter what he did in his first term in the, in the White House. He lost those jobs. There's nothing he could do about it. So these ads kept coming. And what happened was really amazing. As we started getting closer to the election in 2012, all of a sudden, the jobs report was revised. But it wasn't just the jobs report for that month. It was the jobs reports for several years had all been revised upward. Now, what you need to know about the jobs report is the jobs report comes out. And then in a week, it gets revised up or down. So it's usually revised within two weeks. It's almost always a week later. Okay, So you get your initial report. They revise it. And that's it. It sits there forever. They never go back and revise things from months ago or years ago. That doesn't happen. Okay? So when it does happen, you automatically know there's some shenanigans going on. Because they only revise it that, that one time. Very rarely is there ever a need to revise something more than that. So what Obama did is he had the government go back and revise the jobs numbers throughout his entire presidency. And what it did is it added jobs to all of these months that had already had jobs reports, and those jobs reports had already been revised, and he was a net job loser, and they went back and they revised all of them upwards, and magically, just like that, in the nick of time, Obama became a net job creator news media blasted everywhere obama's created this many jobs i don't remember the number it was like two hundred thousand or something like that whatever it was he's created this many jobs and what happened is essentially the narrative of obama being a net jobs loser went away because now he was a net jobs creator but they only got that way by revising old jobs reports that had already been revised going back years. That's the only way that they were able to do it. It was one of the biggest frauds committed upon the American people in the political process that I have ever seen. Now, at the time, I was hosting Michiana's Morning News. I was also doing Afternoons in Fort Wayne on WoWo. 
And I talked about it on both shows. That is exactly what happened this week with the jobs, well, last week, with the jobs numbers for Biden. We have all of the information on jobs. We've got the Biden administration getting out there and telling everybody they're basically running interference for the terrible jobs report that was getting ready to come out. The private sector jobs report showed that he lost 300,000 jobs. 300,000 payroll disappeared, okay? And everybody's like, well, we were expecting to create like 125,000, and now he's lost 300,000. Like, what in the world is going on? And so they started asking Jen Psaki about it. Jen Psaki was spinning. Everybody else is spinning. You know, all of the, all of the economic news heads and pundits were sitting there trying to do what they could to run cover for Obama. And then miraculously, out of nowhere, suddenly the jobs report comes out from the government. And there's 467,000 new jobs. So you go from losing 300,000 jobs two days before to gaining 467,000? Huh? Now, again, two entities. You got the private sector entity, and then you've got the government official numbers. But they're rarely off that much. They're pretty close most of the time. So how is it that they are off by 760,000? Huh? Huh? Some of the other numbers that were thrown out there make this nearly a million jobs off. If you believe this jobs number, you're stupid. I don't know how else to say it. Now, here's, let me, let me tell you, well, let me ask you. I don't want to tell you anything. Let me ask you if this sounds familiar, considering what I just told you about what happened leading into the 2012 election. You ready for this? They revised several months of Biden's jobs numbers, Josh. Huh. What was the last time that they did that? Right. When they lied to you about Obama's jobs numbers leading into the 2012 election. Hmm. All right. So here is Zero Hedge with the story. For those who only look at headlines, today's payroll report was a veritable shock coming in at 467,000. It was almost four times the consensus median expectation of 125,000 and was orders of magnitude above Goldman's forecast of negative 250,000, putting the stunning Three Sigma beat in context. It came above all 78 estimates. There's 78 estimates of how much jobs are going to be created and or lost. This beat all 78 of them by a wide margin. It was more than double the highest forecast of 225,000 from the HSBC. Even more ludicrous were historical adjustments, which saw December increased from 199,000 to 510,000 jobs. November from 249,000 to 647,000 and so on and so forth. So keep in mind, They readjusted jobs numbers from last year that had already been adjusted from their original number, which is exactly what they did leading into the 2012 election. Everything that happened in the Obama administration duplicates itself in this one. Everything. 
The jobs numbers in December went from 199K to 510,000? What? In November, from 249,000 to 647,000? If you believe that, you will buy oceanfront property in Arizona. There is absolutely no way whatsoever that any of this is legitimate. Not at all. After all, even CNBC, while interviewing Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, couldn't believe the BLS data, Bureau of Labor Statistics, prompting the secretary to repeat on many occasions that the numbers are, quote, credible, and he stands behind them. And of course he will. After all, taken at face value, the numbers signal a resilient labor market and demand for workers despite Omicron's hit. Now, two days before this, they were all saying it was Omicron's fault that we were having weak job growth. And in two days, they revised several months upwards, hundreds of thousands of jobs each. Like I said, the last time we saw that was Obama heading into the 2012 election. He was a net job loser. Political ads were hitting him on that. And suddenly... He had his BLS change those statistics going back several years, and he became a net jobs creator by revising revisions to the numbers. The gains were broad-based, spanning retail, hospitality, transportation, and warehousing business services and others. In short, contrary to data from even the Atlanta Fed, whose GDP now shows quarter one GDP rising just 0.1%, the labor data indicates an economy firing on all cylinders and growing strong which, of course, is not happening. You can't have this many job creations and still have GDP rising at just 0.1%. It is impossible. So first, looking at just the December to January change, we find that while the seasonally adjusted numbers rose to an impressive 467,000, the unadjusted number collapsed, fumbling tumbling from 150.349 million to 147.525 million, which is a 2.8 million drop, as it tends to do every time the year shifts from December to January, meaning that the entire delta in January numbers, somewhere in the three-plus million range, is due to arbitrary adjustments overlaid on top of the data. In other words, they adjusted 3 million jobs in January, and it was all arbitrary. It's not based on any concrete economic data whatsoever. They just did it. They just did it. Plot thickens, though. One thing that an analyst apparently forgot when they were submitted submitting their forecast in January payrolls is that this is the month when the BLS adjusts data for the past 10 years as part of its population estimates revisions, which impact both the household and, more important, establishment surveys. In summary, what these revisions did was to revise 2017 job growth lower by 61%, or 61,000, excuse me, 2018 lower by 26,000, 2019 was revised lower by 43,000, while 2020 was revised higher by 124,000, and 2021 was also revised up 217,000, or in total, a 211,000 upward revision over five years, basically 3,500 jobs per month. So now they wiped out a lot of Trump's job growth. 
Focusing on just 2021, we find something curious. The stunning print from the summer, which saw June and July print at or over 1 million, have been slashed by almost 50%. At the expense of most recent months, such as October, added 29,000. November added 398,000. December added 311,000 jobs to what was the original print only as a result of seasonal adjustments. Basically, March through July was revised lower by over a million jobs while August through December was revised up by 817,000 jobs. So how did a loss of 2.8 million actual drops in jobs because of the BLS adjustment, how did a loss of 2.8 million jobs result in an increase of 467,000 jobs? The only way to get there is seasonal jobs, not real ones. It's the only way you get there. And even that is very, very hard to do. Uh, It is, this was, there's a lot to this. I'm going to include two articles to break this down for you in the Daily Show prep. This was a lie. A hundred percent. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I've asked Josh. Josh doesn't know either. He doesn't know how a loss of 300,000 people on payroll on Wednesday turns into a gain of 467,000 on Friday. He's still trying to figure that one out. (laughs) The last time this was done was leading into the 2012 election in order to make Obama a net jobs creator. This is how it works. They just erased a bunch of, of job growth under the Trump administration, and they've added it to the Biden administration. That's what they did. 100% 100% lie. 100%. Uh, the Pentagon had something interesting happen last week. I don't know if you saw about that, but the 2021 military epidemiological data was released, and it showed something pretty interesting. And again, I don't know how many people saw this. Uh, this is this kind of flowing under the radar here, but um, what we found out in the the 2021 epidemiological data, it showed a massive increase in sickness and injury diagnosis in 2021 over previous years. Well, that's interesting. So let's see. In 2020, there was about 2 million. It's 1.97 million uh, reports of diseases and injuries in the military, okay? So that's in 2020. Uh, 2019, there was 2.1 million. In 2018, there was just over 2 million. In 2017, there was just over 2 million. In 2016, there was just over 2 million. So do do you catch my drift here? Hold on a second. So you go, 2016, 2 million people um, in the military reported a disease or an injury, okay? So 2016, there's 2 million. 2017, 2 million. 2018, 2 million. 2019, 2.1 million. And 2020, just under 2 million. Oh, 2021, there was a 21.5 million reports of disease or injury. How is that possible? Josh, again, how is that possible, man? How do you go from an average for multiple years of about 2 million to 
$1.5 million in one year. Do you have a guess, Josh? I know you're busy working for the other guy who you shouldn't be working for, but any ideas why, why military reports of diseases and injury would go up by $19 million in one year over the historical average? Any idea what, what happened in 2021 with the military that would have led to an increase of 19 million reports of disease or injury? Any, any idea? What? Evacuation? Oh, you mean of Afghanistan? No, no. Good theory. Good theory. What if I told you... He's trying to cue me out because he doesn't want to talk about this. What if I told you that the injuries and diseases that reported tended to be neurological, cardiovascular, oncological, on, oncological, excuse me, and uh, reproductive health. Hey, what's the thing that they started mandating in the military in 2021 that has uh, side effects of all of those categories, Josh? Oh, the vaccine. Isn't that weird? The VAERS system showed a massive increase in injuries after the vaccine mandates. And the military's epidemiological report showed a massive increase after the vaccine mandates. Hmm. That seems like a coinkydink. MNC News Time is 5.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime, like Valentine's Day 2022, where you can take 20% off at ImpressJewelers.com. I've been using the uh, the X-Fog, making holsters and stuff. I got a bunch of holster orders that came in because it's that time of year. A lot of people want the holsters made before the warm weather gets here. So, and and I just got a, a message from a company that I have a contract for, and they're like, yeah, we might have several international government contracts coming up. X-Fog's going to get a workout from me this summer. <laughs> uh, I will post some videos. People are asking me to post videos. And while you can go to their website and get videos of it, I will post videos of me using it in my shop as well. I just, uh, I'm waiting for something to come, which will allow that to be a little bit easier for me to do where I won't, you know, chop a finger off while I'm doing it because that's a little bit more important. Uh, I want to talk about this amazing technology. Have you ever heard of Coresight AI? Josh, heard of Coresight AI? Ah, man, this is really cool facial recognition company. And they are a subsidiary of an Israeli AI company. And we all know the Israeli artificial intelligence folks, man, they love coming up with some spooky dystopian stuff. So guess guess what it does? It uses your DNA to create a 3D model of your face. I'm going to say that again because I know some of you are like, this is Monday, Casey. What, what are you trying to do to us? It uses your DNA to create a 3D model of your face. So let's say they find, oh, I don't know, DNA at a crime scene, but they don't know who you are. Suddenly they can use your DNA, create a 3D model of your face, run it through the database, Josh. Boom. How could this possibly be abused? (laughs) I've got 10 right at the top of my head. So, yeah, keep an eye on this. If you want to read a really scary article, I'll put it in the daily show prep for everybody at theburningtruth.us for after the show. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC.
true story. Throw on the pants to go, to go out. Nope. We're not even talking like I could drawstring them. Wouldn't work. That's a good problem to have, guys. Good problem to have. Progress. Hey, Whoopi Goldberg is still anti-Semitic. An anti-Semitic recipe from her past in the 1990s has been uncovered. Where she insulted Jewish women with old anti-Semitic tropes, which the Anti-Defamation League criticized at the time. So Whoopi Goldberg's got a uh, long, rich history of anti-Semitism, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if she survives this. It'll be interesting to see what actually happens with The View. Bill O'Reilly's up next. You all have a wonderful night. The Daily Show Prep will be up in just a minute at theburningtruth.us. I mean, I didn't mean to leave early, but I did. <laughs> 